Welcome to Chatting with Channing, the podcast for Channing School that lets you, the listener, find out more by hearing from people throughout the school community. Each episode, you'll hear real stories from staff, from pupils, from parents, from the school's alumni to give you a true reflection of life on Highgate Hill. In this episode, we're talking about diversity, equity and inclusion with students Alia and B. They're about to talk to us about why this is such an important topic, what it means to be a DEI officer, what they're working on at the moment and what else they're involved in at Channing. This is such an important subject, so it's great to see it being taken seriously. So come with me now as Arabella speaks to the school's DEI officers. It's B and Alia. Welcome to Alia and B, who are joining us today to discuss their roles as student diversity, equity and inclusion officers at Channing School. So just be good to actually find a little bit about, because obviously those sort of three different words, diversity, equity and inclusion, feels like there's a lot in there. B, do you want to tell us a little bit about what um, what does it actually mean to be a DEI officer? Yeah, I think it's a big part of it is giving people within the school, minorities within the school, a platform to speak up and have better you know, a better voice mm-hmm. to the leaders of the school, because I think that has been an issue in the past. And that's a general thing, not just in this school. And I think that's a big part of it is that we can sort of be that link between the students and, the, you know, the school board, the teachers, the head teacher, things like that. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, but also a lot of it is education. So, you know, making sure that the education that we're giving the kids is up to date and modern because a lot of the things you know can be from even if they're from like 2010 they can still be really quite outdated and so it's good I think for them to have someone who they can go to and ask do you think this is good you know how how do you think this relates to students who are in school now because we are students in school now and I think that's also been a big part of it. That's a really good reminder because I think for many people and I would even talk about my own generation and as a teacher sometimes we're like actually you know, what is it, your voice, what is it you actually want to say and what are the questions and what is actually going on for you at the moment? So, I mean, in some ways you've sort of answered my question, why you think it's important, but why do you, Leah, really feel that it's important for Channing itself to have DEI officers? What difference do you think it's going to make as well? As B was saying, um, we've really tried our hardest to become the bridge between the students and the teachers and um, the link so that if a child does ever feel like something that they've learned at school or something that they're doing in class, they could improve it in some way to make everyone feel included, that they have someone to tell. Because it can be a bit daunting to go up to your teacher and say, hey, we learned this in school, but I think we should do something else. So maybe telling another student that you might feel closer to um, so that they could go and tell the teacher and be that bridge, um, I think is really important. So what projects and activities are you working on at the moment? Well, we because we're really getting quite close to our A-levels right now, we just had our mocks Ooh, just like two weeks ago. So we aren't doing so much at the moment. We're just sort of right now working on the officer handoff. So we've been putting together tips and tricks for the next officers, getting all our resources that we made this past year. We're putting them together in a drive so we can hand those on. Why specifically do you think this is the role that I want to take in the school? I'm going to ask you both that question. Yeah, go on. You give it first, Leah. Yeah, well, for me, it was more um, growing up from a very different background to a lot of people at Channing um, and coming from somewhere where um, I felt like a lot of the time at school, maybe I wasn't as included as I could have been. And before um, the diversity officer roles, I would have found it a bit daunting to go up to my teachers, as I was saying before, and like telling them. So I think that 
when I heard about the role, it was really like, uh, it spoke to me and I was like, this is definitely something that I want to do. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, Amelia, just, just quickly on that one. Why why for you do you think that diversity, and you sort of said as well, coming from different background, but why do you think it's an important issue that every person is made to encounter? I think because if you're privileged enough to not see a problem, then that's where the problem lies. I feel like if you don't start a conversation about something then no change can ever happen and what me and B have really tried to do is spark conversations between people and it's not about saying oh you're different but about teaching other people about how other people can get involved um so that you can appreciate other people's differences rather than say oh this person's different to me so they're different Mm -hmm. but more accepting it and saying oh this person's different how can I be involved with that? And that's a really good point you make about sparking a conversation. Did anyone give you any tips about how to get started? Or did you? was this something that you just thought, this is, this is the approach that the two of us wanted to address? Yeah, I think that was actually sort of one of the big issues of being the first officer of this role. We had no one else who'd done it before who really could tell us like, oh, this is a good way to go about this situation. There were a few situations where where we didn't really know what to do and we had to sort of figure it out, talk to each other, talk to our teachers, you know, our students came to us with issues. But I think over the past year, we have really figured it out. And I think it's going to be good for the next diversity officers to have someone who can sort of give them a like list of like, here's some good top tips for how to go about this role. But it was definitely a fun challenge. I think we had a good, really good time. Yeah. Even though it was a bit really difficult. For those people listening, I'm going to say that B is smiling broadly, but it, I can imagine. And as you say, being the trailblazing people is a really tough role to take. So B, with that in mind, I didn't get a chance for you to actually tell me what was it about this that you thought, yeah, let's do it. And maybe afterwards you might have said, oh, maybe I'll not have done it or whether you change your mind. I mean, I originally hadn't considered really applying for an officer role because I was sort of quite overwhelmed already. But I think when they announced this new role, I sort of thought this is this is the role for me because I think not only have I been quite well known uh, in the past for being quite outspoken um, (laughs) and not hiding my opinion and not being afraid to just say what I think. I'm also really, really passionate about giving people a platform and especially I'm especially passionate about LGBTQ plus issues and I would just really thought that it was something that they needed more voices on more voices within the school more people needed to be heard and I really wanted to help to give those people platforms brilliant I mean it's an interesting one when you said that as well about being outspoken and then obviously there's discussion about conversation what have you learned what has been probably the sharpest learning curve for both of you I think in this day and age, it's become really good that we've become a bit more self-aware of how we speak and how we speak to other people and being mindful of how someone else might interpret what you're saying. So I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is how to how to be more respectful with the way I speak to other people. Not that I wasn't before, but just a bit more mindful that, okay, what I'm saying might come across in a different way to a certain person based on historical and social factors that I might not be aware of. So phrasing things, I'm putting things in a better way so that I can be more respectful of other people, I think, for me. Brilliant. Thank you, Aaliyah. That's a big one. This is a big issue and people do need to learn more about it. And it was good to be that person who could help people learn more about these things. 
Yeah, I think, and thank you for sharing that because for both of you, um, it's really good for people to hear and also think about, you know, in your role, what you've tried to achieve and what else you'd continue like to achieving and particularly as you write your handover notes now. So if you were planning for the future for five years time, what would you like to see for these roles? Have you got any other thoughts or is that too far ahead? I think um, continuing the kind of work that we've started is good. A lot of the assemblies that we've done, we're really proud of, especially that Steve Lawrence one that we did and the one with um, the history of LGBTQ+. Those were really good assemblies. And if maybe, even if they just used our slides that we've made, that we'd share with them, or if they made their own, just continuing that education so that other people, maybe even lower down in the school from like year seven, could be aware of these things would be really good. What do you think made them such great assemblies aside from the slides? I think just the fact that, especially with the Stephen Lawrence one, just the fact that people just didn't know. Mm-hmm. People, were, when they heard about his story, they were really surprised. And I thought it was common knowledge, but turns out it wasn't. Um, so just just the fact that I was able to spread awareness about something was really, it was important to me. Brilliant. Thank you, Elia. Anything else from you, B? Yeah, I think those assemblies had a really big impact because they also ended up a lot of people talking about it. It was a lot of conversation. People spent more time researching these things. It encouraged people to actually look into the things that maybe they didn't know about before. And I think that's what really made an impact as well, which was really good. And what other issues are you involved in or activities are you involved in sort of wider in the school? You've talked about obviously assemblies, you talked about sort of the conversation and some of the education and bringing forward different things. Yeah, so I... Um, me and one of my friends, Charlie, we run uh, Rainbow Society, which is the LGBTQ plus society. We got elected to run the senior Rainbow Society, which was the only one at that time, summer last year. And then in September, we started the junior Rainbow Society, which runs from year seven to nine. So that because, I mean, essentially, we didn't really see a reason not to have one yeah. for younger students. And so we started that. We run that twice a week. So that is really great. And I think that's a really good safe space. And a lot of, we have a lot of really good conversations, a lot of education, things like that. Things that go beyond what they learn in PSHE, things that are more specific and more relevant maybe to them. And you're right. And I think that's a key thing, isn't it? That idea of creating a safe space and coming back to opportunities for conversation. So for pupils who perhaps are lower down at Channing, what advice would you give them particularly to if they're aspiring to be a DEI officer? I mean, my temptation is to say complain, you know, <laughs> if there's an issue, yeah. if there's an issue and you can see the issue, get some students together who also see there's an issue, talk to someone, tell them here's an issue. Because although, yes, it's great being a DEI officer, you shouldn't have to wait to be a DEI officer to have the right to go to someone and say, hey, there's an issue here and it needs to be fixed. I mean, it's scary, obviously, but the teachers are never going to shoot you down over right. it. They're never going to say you're wrong you know, they'll they'll listen to you, they'll hear you, they'll get people together, they'll try and figure it out. Brilliant. And I that is such a compliment, isn't it, to the school that you, that's something you can say, this is something that you can go to the teachers and stand up and actually notice and being aware, isn't it? And so actually beginning to sort of look around you and beginning to think sort of slightly wider from your own perspective. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Don't just wait. 
So for many listening, obviously, I'm going to be impressed not only at your passion, but the fact that you're juggling your A-levels. Um, and I, I'm very impressed as well, the fact that you're doing this and everything you're actually doing, trying to achieve at the school. So tell us about other aspects, perhaps, of school life that you're also involved in. You've obviously mentioned the um, Rainbow Society and setting up the junior version. What, what else are you two? What other sort of fingers and pies do you two have? We do a lot of little presentations to like individual year groups. Uh, like we did one on microaggressions a few months ago, which was really good. I think we did that for almost every year group. And it was, yeah, it was really nice to like have a smaller group because you feel like you made, they, they could ask questions a bit easier rather than a whole school assembly where like no one would really ask a question because you had to kind of get through a bit faster. Having those smaller groups with like less people was was good because it opened up conversation. Everything we did was kind of opening up conversation and um, getting people to really think about the stuff that we were presenting. So depending on what we were presenting, different things each time. And what were you, what are your big takeaways, would you say then, from the, sort of actually having those small groups? What, what has that actually taught you as well? I think for me, it's been, I mean, it's always quite difficult to get younger students, especially certain year groups that are really quite like, they think they're cooler than it and they don't want to get involved. So sometimes you have to find the thing that makes them get engaged. And, you know, if that's a kahoot or if that's, you know, like just rather than people having to speak, you just get them to put their hands up or just stand up. And that's been a big like thing is to figure out what gets people engaged. And I think when you do figure it out, it makes the whole experience so much better because people are not only are they listening, they look like they want to be there, you know, and they want to hear what you have to say. And I think that's been a big thing, definitely. And that is very inspirational, isn't it? It sort of gives you that warm sense. I'm putting you on the spot here, the two of you. If you were going to think back over the last year, have you got three highlights from doing this role? Maybe that's sort of too much or you can share them if you've got them between you. Well, our first assembly, that was a big thing. Our first first assembly assembly. was the Stephen Lawrence assembly. Oh, was it? And how did you feel when you stood up there to do it? It was a bit daunting. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a big thing standing up, isn't it, in front of all your peers and presenting something of which you know a lot about. And you're thinking, how's it going to go? Okay, so the Stephen Lawrence. And what had made you sort of think about Stephen Lawrence? Was it the time of the year or what was it you thought? Yeah, it was was close to his death anniversary. It wasn't the exact date, but it was really close to it. And we thought that that was a really important assembly we felt like we had to do. So, Yeah. yeah, that was big one okay so we've got Stephen Lawrence assembly number one what are your other two for me um I recently did one about the movement happening in Iran at the moment Mm -hmm. and that was a really close one to me because I'm Iranian so it was a really big one for me um and that was really important to me and I felt really proud of myself after I did it Gosh, that's really important, actually, isn't it? Particularly as you talked about about diversity and actually being able to bring your own personal experiences, but things that are important to you and that matter to you as well, Aaliyah. I don't know if you saw recently, didn't they? On International Women's Day, there was a march of women dressed up, weren't there, as uh, the Handmaid's Tale um, representing different women who've died in Iran. Such a powerful message. Bia, would you like to share another one that you have as one of your top highlights? Yeah, I mean, I think my my another of my top highlights would be starting Junior Rainbow Stock and actually having members because yes. we had it. We basically thought no one's going to turn up, but we did actually. We now have a consistent group of kids who come every every week, which is really nice. What was it that made you think? All right, I'm going to do the Junior one. Was it you just thought actually we've got a, it's if we're talking about equity, then everyone gets a chance, or is it was it just someone said, "Oh, why aren't you doing it for the juniors?" Well, it was just me and Charlie when we got when we first got chosen as leaders. We thought just why are we not 
doing this for the whole school. Mm -hmm. And we understand that there's a big difference in what we talk about with the senior and the junior rainbow sock, because there's a difference in like maturity and like what, what's really appropriate to talk about. And also just in level of education, like how much they know about it. And so with the junior, we can go, we can go a lot less in detail about the things that are currently happening, maybe a bit more about what it really means. Mm -hmm. And I think we just thought, why not just start a junior one? And as you said, you see it, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds brilliant. Okay, well, just looking to the future, and now that you've finished your mocks and we won't talk about the um, actual exams coming up in May, but um, what are you intending? Have you got any sort of plans after school when you finish? What are your passions that you want to pursue in the future? And this is not a careers chat, by the way. This is, this is all, <laughs> I want to hear the full unvarnished truth. Well, I'm looking to go to biochemistry. Right, um, good. I wasn't expecting you to say that. Okay. Oh. No. So I'm going I'm going to do biochemistry at Manchester hopefully. Mm, brilliant place to um, go. So I'm going into a very sciencey career, but yeah, I don't really know what the future holds for me. I think I will definitely find out when I get there. Well, there'll be many opportunities I'm sure for you to take part and speak out where it needs to be, you know, needs to happen. What about you, Aaliyah? I think I am ready to take my gap year. <laughs> and, yeah. Does that involve sleeping or something like that? Um, no, I think um, I need a well-deserved rest. And I'll, I think I'm, I'm going to start working um, in my gap year and, uh, yeah, apply for uni next year. Okay. And have you got any particular ideas of, of what you'd like to apply to read or if you'd like um, to do something instead yeah. of university? Yeah, I'm also doing something a bit sciencey. Oh. I want to do psychology at uni. Oh, um, hopefully. Okay. So yeah. Interested in people. Right. Well, as you uh, think back over your Channing years, what is your favorite memory so far? We've actually got to think of this for our Leavers video oh, in the summer. You? Okay, good. So I'm yeah. glad that. So have you already thought of it or have you? Um... I think, well, for me, my favorite Channing memory was when I went to Iceland in the summer oh, wow. um, on a school trip, mm. a geography school trip. I actually didn't do geography at the time, but I'd signed up two years prior oh, because see. of COVID. It got, all got moved forwards. So I did do geography at the time I signed up and they were like, yeah, of course you can still come. So it ended up literally being a holiday because all the geography students had to do their work and I was just there <laughs> and it was amazing and we met puffins and sheep and all sorts of we saw so much cool stuff and like went on a volcano and all that and I just it was amazing that's my best channing memory I think okay I'll take that one thank you what about you Leah? I think mine has to be the New York trip that I just went on I love it, it was trips this so is what people are listening amazing. and it'd be like this is all they do is go on trips okay go on tell <laughs> us Leah. why was why was, well, I can imagine why New York was amazing but why for you on a yeah. school trip was it amazing I had never been to the States before and um, just going in general was just like, wow, this is so cool. But um, also the teachers that we went with were really, really, I mean, I don't do any of the subjects either, <laughs> but um, they were telling us about all the different places that we saw. So we went to like Wall Street and we went to the Empire State Building and they were telling us about all the different places that we were going to. And yeah, it was really good. Oh, wow. So if you were going to give any advice to a new year seven who's starting in September, what would be your one piece of advice for them as they embark on their Channing career? I think, well, a big thing for me when I joined in year seven, I was terrified of not making any friends, um, but it happened. And I think that's the one piece of advice I'd give is don't try and don't get stressed. Don't rush it. Don't, you will make friends. It just will happen whenever it happens. I think that would be my one piece of advice. Yeah. That's great. And I think that's so true, isn't it? Particularly when you're moving from year six and you don't know, think you know that many people coming friends is always the big anxiety what about you Elia? yeah it's along the same lines but more just be yourself mm -hmm. don't 
try and change to fit in with other people because if someone's not going to be friends with you or not going to like you because of who you are then they're not really a good friend anyways so just be yourself with your friends with your teachers just in life in general try and enjoy it and that's why we all think diversity is really important isn't it because we all want to be different people we don't need to be the same so final thought if you could have one superpower what would it be my superpower of choice would be shape-shifting Ooh. and uh, have you got any thoughts about where you'd go or how you'd use it absolutely I could go to almost anywhere on earth and I would be able to shapeshift into anything which is best adapted to survive in that in that place. So I could never get too hot because I could just adapt into something that's just never too hot. And also I feel that I can essentially have invisibility because you could transform into something so small or so unimportant. Everyone will just let it pass by, you know, and just go anywhere you want. Oh my goodness, that, that is a very, very impressive superpower for you to think of. It feels like your sort of biochemistry is going to be wasted on you. But anyway, Leah, <laughs> what's your superpower going to be? I think mine would be to read other people's minds. Ooh, yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> the rest of us feel quite petrified at that thought. But anyway, that is very true, very useful. Well, look, thank you so much um, today for speaking with me. It's been a real pleasure. We wish you all the best in your exams and what you both do next. And well done for, you know, really sticking out and making this such a brilliant role that the two of you have done this year. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. So that was Alia and B, the school's DEI officers in year 13. A big thank you to them both for taking time out to speak to us today, especially in year 13. We all know how busy that can be for them. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.